Hello, everyone. My name is W.A.K. William, High Arts on the Edge. I am super excited because this conversation that we're about to have, an album listening party, has been in the making for quite a bit, quite some time. And I am very appreciative of James Chapman, also known as MAPS, coming all the way from England. We are going to honor and celebrate his brand new album right here called Counter Melodies. We're going to do an album listening party plus Q&A. And I believe James is also going to talk to you about a little giveaway and some records that he really that has inspired him along the way as an artist. James Chapman, thank you for being here on High Arts on the Edge. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for asking me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be a great time. And before we get into Counter Melodies and all of its glory, I want to give you a quick little background on how I became familiar with your music, if you don't mind. No, of course. Yeah. yeah. All right. So there was a DJ down in Santa Monica. Nick Harcourt, I believe his name. I'm not sure if he's still down there doing that gig. Anyways, he used to release these songs like like Song of Days or something like that. And it was Liquid Sugar that I first heard. And when I first heard that song, it just blew my mind. And I felt like I was hearing something familiar, yet something different. It was a great combination, amalgamation of that kind of had that dreamy quality and I just, that ethereal sound that came with it. And then that whole album came out, We Can Create, and it's just like, all right, what is this? This is something beautiful. This is something different. And yeah, never looked back. So that's kind of how I got into your music. And so, so that must you. have been two two thousand and seven. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Wow. And I was just kind of starting my teaching career, and you know, there's these seminal moments in your life where these albums just come about in your life, and you're just like, oh, all right. So that yeah. was one of them. And when we get into counter melodies, I would love to start ex- explore kind of your mind as an artist where you were at that time, where you are now, we'll get into all that good stuff. Mm. Before we talk about Counter Melodies, how are you feeling now that it's been released and it's out there in the world? Really good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's been... I mean, this this time it was released, the album was released in two halves. So it's kind of... I think that that calmed the nerves a little bit because I had half... half well, call it side A out before christmas and then yeah. um you know and, and people seem to really be enjoying it and and yeah so i think i knew that people were digging the first side so and i yeah hoped that side b would be a similar reaction and yeah i think yeah i've been really pleased that that with um the response and yeah people have been really kind and yeah it's always strange when you release an album because you you just work on it for so long and because I've, I've I've heard these songs, you know, hundreds of times, and then you kind of forget that other people are hearing them for the first time, and so yeah, it's nice. 
and I'm sure you've gotten a lot of amazing response and, you know, very favorable reviews. And it's probably something that, see, this is to me, I love, see, this is the whole scope of your work. And we'll get into all that stuff. And I'm, as we take a deeper dive into the production of this album and some of the tracks, I can't wait to hear some of your opinions and your stories about how these came about during COVID, post-COVID, pre-COVID, all that. So here's how the listening party works, everyone. And by the way, if you're tuning in, thank you so much. You're here with James Chapman of MAPS. My name is W.A.K. William. If you're tuning in, let us know where you're tuning in from. That would be awesome. And this is how you do an album listening party. So right now, on your device at home, if you have the album on vinyl, go to your turntable, get it all queued up and ready. If you don't have the vinyl, you can go over to Bandcamp, Spotify, I'm sure other platforms, type in Maps, Counter Melodies. And then when I say hit it, you're going to hit play on your device. You'll be able to hear the album on your device or your audio system at home, in the car, wherever you're at. And then we'll be talking in the chat box about these songs. So feel free to let us know how you feel about these songs. If you have a question for James, you can put a question Maybe James will talk a little bit. He'll type up a little bit while the album is playing. And that's and then after that, we're going to have a little encore here. I put hmm. together a little Spotify mix that I will put in the chat box. And then I'll tell you to hit play. And these are three or four songs that aren't on this album that are on previous albums that I absolutely adore. And then we'll do the Q&A and then we'll have a, a record giveaway. So that's kind of the menu for today. How's that sound, James? Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait. We already have uh, Yogi Shoegazer here. Hey. Hey, Yogi. How are you? Yogi. (laughs) I just had a nice conversation with that that good fella. Aberdeen, Scotland. That's right. His vinyl's all set. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So I'm going to get my record here. And by the way, it's a beautiful pressing. Yeah, I love getting it. I was really pleased with this, the the whole artwork and everything. It's just and I, can, I I I definitely want to talk about that as well. Yeah. So give me a here. Yeah, let's do it, man. Okay. Cool. So cool. when I say hit it, which that's what H I stands for, hit it, you're gonna hit your device at home and you'll be able to play that. I will keep everyone on track with the title tracks. I'll put them in all caps. And then feel free to let us know how the song's making you feel. Amanda says, hi, James. Hi, William. Sounds all good here in, in Essex. So uh, thank you for tuning in, Amanda. Appreciate it. All right, here we go. I'm getting
Hello, 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 hello. I'm back. I'm, I'm back. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> wow. That was that was awesome. Thanks so much, guys. I was You know why? That was fantastic. And hopefully everyone enjoyed that experience. We're not done. Before we get into the making and creation of this baby, we're gonna do an encore performance. Mm. No, I'm not. You're not going to see me dance. Although, (laughs) so here's what I did. So yesterday, you know, and day before, you know, just all the map stuff, just coming back, good feels, all that. And I I thought, you know what? Why don't we do an encore here? I will select three tracks that are not on this album. And I will put them on a little Spotify mix. And I'll drop that here in a sec. And this was brutal. I mean, because to find three tracks, maps, tracks that speak to your heart, they're just a plethora. So after the work, here are my three songs. If you do not have Spotify at home or on your device, I'm going to tell you the three tracks. Sorry, I got to give them away here. And how you find them, that's completely up to you. So the three tracks are for our maps encore performance. Chameleon from Turning the Mind. Good choice. (laughs) You will find a way, vicissitude. And I'm sorry, we're going to end it with so low, so high. So we just finished the album listening party, Counter Melodies, along with the encore tracks. Right now, what we're going to do is we're going to take a deep dive into Counter Melodies and... And then I believe we have a record giveaway. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. So we'll do that at the very end. Actually, before we get into Counter Melodies, as I was listening to this album with everybody here, you had mentioned some of these tracks came along to your mind, middle of the night. Mm. Does your brain ever turn off? Does it, is it always hearing beat clicks, rhythm sounds and if so, where did this all start? Your your love for electronics? Yeah, I don't think it does turn off in a sense that I'm kind of always thinking about music. And I, I, I used to think that was kind of normal, but I've I've always got, you know, what people call an earworm, where you've just always got a something in your head. And I've always got that. I've always I've always got something going on, whether it's like one of my song ideas or a track or so yeah I, I think but i think that you know that's um i guess like i i mean i started making music because of just i was very passionate about it and i think you know that I, luckily that hasn't left me so i think that's always seen me through i guess i'm always looking for ideas and stuff so um yeah give us a little background into your history as far as where you grew up parents siblings anything else you want to share about your your family life so i grew i grew grew up in a well a small village near a town near wellingborough which is i mean i i always say i'm from northampton because not many people have heard of wellingborough because it's kind of quite small but yeah that's that's where i grew up so i've i've always been you know I've, i've been away from the london scene my whole life i've always been kind of in the in the middle of you know east midlands kind of which 
which is a great place to make music. It's very quiet here and there's less distractions. But yeah, I grew up there and, and I mean, I guess my first, my first kind of like dealing with like music was like I started learning the violin when I was about six at school and started taking violin lessons. And then I kind of got into that and kind of learned how to read music and kept it up. And it's not the coolest thing to do when you're at school. It's like everyone else is playing football. And I was a kid carrying the violin to school and it's not. Yeah, but look who's laughing now. Look who Well, yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, but that's, 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 yeah, that's a serious point because I think, you know, obviously, like when I got into my teens and that, I kind of because I got quite good on the violin and the percussion. I kind of got to grade eight and I was playing in um, county orchestras and things like that. And but then, as soon as I discovered the guitar and got into cool music, I kind of left it, you know, to one side and then got much more into guitar music and and going out and discovering the world and but it gave me a great basis of you know i learned how to read music and that's 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 really helped me i think did your mom and or dad support your love for music while growing up yeah totally and i think they're watching now so (laughs) awesome hello (laughs) to the chapman's hairs and uh your parents what did what what do they do or as far as a livelihood so like my they're both retired now my mum was a teacher for 30 years yeah <laughs> noble profession and yeah so i grew up in a yeah a really supportive house and they always wanted me to follow my music but i never thought it was going to be a serious you know thing that i could possibly do like you know as a serious profession it was always to me, I just love doing it, and I just would lock myself in my bedroom and and make music, and that was all, it was always my way of dealing with things. I think I was very anxious and very kind of kind of scared of my own shadow when I was at school, and and I think I, as I got into my teens and and around that time, I definitely used music as an outlet and kind of yeah. As most as most teenagers do, you know, you yeah. kind of um, it's a what, very what, emotional what time. <laughs> what were you anxious about? Oh, I don't know. I think I was just always a worrier. I still am. Like I think I was always like a, a kind of um, yeah. I, I I I never kind of had a lot of confidence in what what I was what I or anything I did really. But I think I. I found music to be an escape and I always would enjoy, yeah, like just, just, well, at the time it was CDs, like buying CDs and, and just kind of that became my passion and listening to music. And I got into playing guitar kind of, this is like the mid nineties. So I guess, you know, I was listening, to, I was listening to bands like Nirvana and then got into bands like Suede. And then there was like the whole Britpop thing which happened, but I was always a bit on the side of the lot. I was into like Spaceman 3 and Spiritualize and obviously like the Stone Roses were big at that time. And so I was in a local band and I was kind of, you know, that was like my first foray into 
I guess, making music. But then when that band broke up, I I started making music on my own with a little four-track cassette recorder and got more interested in the actual creation, I suppose. So it was all very accidental. I mean, I kind of just just followed what I enjoyed doing and, and yeah. Did you have friends that were riding along with you in terms of your love for this style of music or were you kind of on the, the outskirts on your own? No, I was always, always just on my own, really. I kind of, I think I just enjoyed that kind of isolation and locking myself away in it, almost like a bubble. And for me, like that was that was kind of where the magic was and it's always about the creation of the music like i i kind of it's the process that i enjoy and i get a, i get a real feeling from because sometimes it's hard to get to a place where you're happy with something but when you do you get a feeling of real there's nothing else like it i think when something clicks and a, and a song's working that's 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 what I'm always chasing. <laughs> and sometimes it takes longer than others, but sure. You know. Sure. My dad used to tease me because I used to go to concerts all the time. And he'd say, Stop spending all that money on concerts. And I would tell him, But dad, you don't understand. This is my community. This is where I feel most alive and present. And he would get very angry. And I said to him after an Inspiral Carpet show the next day, I said, you're going to find out why this music means so much to me now and later in my life. Well, later in my life, as I became really entrenched with teaching and education, I would bring music into the classroom. Every day we would do performances, blah, blah, blah. And then when he heard I was receiving positive reviews for my work, I told him, I said, see, I told you that's why those shows meant a lot to me. So my question is for you. Can you think of a moment in your childhood experience where you know has brought you to this arc where you are now that has made you who you are? Do you understand that question? Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there was a, there was a kind of a weird chain of events that happened. I think I, I well, I, I went to college kind of when it was like, 98 i suppose 1998 and i really had a, a bad time there got quite depressed and ended up dropping out and i felt i had kind of quite a, a down time and it was that point when i kind of really started kind of making tracks that i guess like were more in touch with how i was feeling and i used it as a real way of of like musical therapy yeah, yeah, and it was really through from then. Like I kind of, it took a while, but I I just started making these these tracks from that period, which eventually became the tracks that got me signed to Mute. So, I mean, I made that sound like a shorter time span, but it was that was really how it worked. So, I guess what I saw as a failure, like I really did feel like I was I was not not well. And I think eventually that became what saved my life, really, because getting time to meet was was when everything changed, and I kind of my life was on a totally different tra tra trajectory. So, 
So I've, I've heard two key words here, I mean, amongst many. And being a teacher, I'm very aware of what people say to me. And you've used the word depression, anxiety, and, and using music as an outlet, as a medicinal use for you to tap into the therapeutic side of it. Looking back at that difficult time of your life, it, where are you now in relation to where you were then? And who, how are you different as a person? I'm complete. Well, I'm I'm completely different. Like I'm a lot more settled, and I kind of like I I think I you know I found what I love doing, and and you know this was well many years ago. So it's kind of there's and a lot of stuff happened since as well, which um you know I don't know I won't go into all the sure. personal drama of life, but yeah I I I got for the last about the last. 13 years like things have been really good and i've kind of yeah in a good place and yeah and we'll we'll, we'll get off this little treadmill talk here about <laughs> feeling but and we'll get into the album but sometimes when i look back in the rearview mirror of where i was in terms of melancholy or sadness or slight depression i actually appreciate the view the vantage point from that because it gives me sharper perspective on the journey that I've gone through. And that's how I see your albums, this amazing journey that you take the listener on. And I'm just wondering how much of that experience is imbued in the quality and the characteristic of your music. I imagine quite a bit, and some of it you don't even understand. I think it all is, yeah. All of it, yeah. Like Every album I've made has been a product of where I've been at that time. And yeah, it's like when I look at my life, it's just been kind of a crazy chain of events that a lot of things happened that just needn't have happened. And, and if they hadn't happened, but I guess it's like everyone's life. But I think, yeah, it's mad to think that, that how, how things lead from one thing to another. But everything, I think, and I think as well, because I make music on my own, like it's, is it's kind of where well, it all comes from this this head so it's like i think if if you're in a band maybe you're like it's much more like you're bouncing ideas around and but i think yeah for me it's like a kind of a personal yeah i guess diary of where i'm at at, at that time so absolutely tell us that feeling when you got signed to mute oh man <laughs> so, look at your face <laughs> <laughs> love it yeah. So yeah, it was well I I was kind of make sending out making these demos and like sending them out and and had a, a little bit of interest and then seriously like it, like from one minute I was just a kid making music in his bedroom and then quite like out of the blue like Daniel Miller from Mute the head of Mute Records came to visit me in my little little village and because I, I still live with my parents at the time I told them to go out to make me look cool so I was like in my <laughs> I can't believe I just uh, admitted but I really had no idea what I was doing and yeah so Daniel Miller came and sat in my bedroom and listened to these songs I'd made and yeah it was just so surreal and then yeah I got signed and and then everything just 
you know, changed after that. Um, Just in case people who are watching don't know who Daniel Miller is, do you want to tell them who they are, who he is? So yeah, Daniel Miller, like, well, he he, well, I mean, I guess you he you could start with like he's the guy that signed Depeche Mode and Mute Records was born. I think it was 1978, and he he was in a he had his own project called The Normal, and they released a track called Warm Leatherette, which is quite a famous electro tune. But yeah, he started Mute Records and signed Depeche Mode, Erasure, Nick Cave, Goldfrapp, all the you know it's endless. So they 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 were one of my favorite labels, if not my favorite label at the time, and still. And I kind of found myself in this dream situation. He's at your house. Do you remember how long he stayed for? Oh, yeah. No, we stayed. Like, we stayed. And then we went to the local pub. And I still remember, like, he he ordered a a vodka and cranberry juice. Because I I was just, like, so nervous and just so green. And, you know, I remember all these things really vividly because it was just, I think, because it – you know, when it's a, the moments where your life is changing. And I think, yeah. And, and Daniel is such a cool guy as well. He's so down to earth. And, you know, I, I only, I think I, you know, I, I was nervous because of who he was, but he doesn't make you feel nervous because he's just so gentle and down to earth. And it's only when you think of everything he's done sure. that you freak out. And <laughs> So, okay, so you get signed. This is, I mean, beyond your dreams this and that and then take us along that journey to where we are now with counter melodies and you can do that in a short window of time if you like okay yeah so yeah like the i mean the first app we can create came out and there was all the, the mercury music prize nomination as well which was just insane you know and yeah after that i kind of there was there was a whirlwind. We kind of toured. We played America. Actually, I was saying to you, we played Bottom of the Hill. Came over in '07, and yeah, and then yeah, I'll keep this short. I made Turn in the Mind, which was my second album with Tim Holmes from Death in Vegas. I heard you you talking about him before Death in Vegas, and so that was what Chameleon was from. And then Vicissitude was the third album. And yeah, colors reflect time loss. Is this what you wanted me to? Yeah. No. I want the. I want the. I want the threads. The brief history of maps. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, and uh, I did a a remix album as well called Realigned, which is like a collection because I've done a lot of remixes as well over the years, and that was kind of a collection of, of remixes, and then. I did a project called On Dead Waves with Polly Scattergood, which is a collaboration that was on mute as well. It's very kind of Americana type vibe. And then 2019 Colors Reflect Time Loss was my fourth studio album. And that was, I was very much on a kind of Beach Boys tip and yeah, worked with the strings and, and brass, the Echo Collective from Brussels. And then what happened? And then I made Counter Melodies, and that's that's the the fifth studio album. So uh, that's the brief history of 
I love it. And with counter melodies, let's take a dive into this, shall we? Yeah. Man. I want to start actually with the mastering of it. Where was the master? Who mastered this? A guy called Kevin Tuffy. Okay. He's really good. He, I think he's moved recently, but he used to work with Alchemy Mastering. And I think he does a lot with Mute as well. Because he's 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 mastered quite a lot of my things in the past, and yeah, like that was he just got it right. I mean, it took a while because not because of what he was doing, but because of like I wanted the album to be like a flow from one track to the other, and I had no idea how difficult that was to like achieve like seamlessly. So yeah, it took a while to kind of get the edit the the cuts in the right places for each track and how long did the mastering take i think in the end it was about a month because it just there was some back and forth and yeah but like i say it was mostly the sequencing that i kind of i didn't i I thought i didn't know it would be as as challenging i think because i've never done it before i've never kind of done what's like a a seamless flow of tracks and there was just yeah so so this idea for counter melodies, when was that seed planted? Do you remember? Yeah, so I I got to the end of 2019 and we we played a few gigs. I had a band, one of which I think you know. Do you know a band called Flowers? From London? Yeah. Yeah. So Rachel Kennedy from Flowers played in the, the MAPS band at the time. My students interviewed her. <laughs> I know. And I, I always remember she told me about that interview and I remembered a little third grader. Remember the other day, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I didn't know. Yeah. That. Yeah. So she she and she's amazing. So yeah, we we play some gigs and then obviously at the end of twenty nineteen I was thinking about next steps for the next album, but then obviously things changed dramatically the start of 2020 and i just find myself locked away as as we all did and i think again that kind of altered like where where i went next with what i did and like i I rarely have a concept up front i kind of just make just make music and then i guess the concept comes you know if i've got four or five tracks that are sitting in a similar world then that i start to hang hang something on that and kind of think about things as an album. But with this, I was just making tracks really just to kind of stay sane at the time. And, and I really had no idea of releasing them. It it was just for my own, just keeping myself making music at that time and, and got to the end of 2020 and about 30 tracks. And then I played them to my manager and he was like, you, we should do something with this. And I was like, is this rolling? Is this rolling? It is. Yeah. 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 And until that point, I hadn't really thought I'd maybe thought of like doing like a mixed table. Some, there was some like loose idea of that, but I, and then I I really started to think, you know, this is an album. It kind of has a, a real sound. Everything kind of hangs together. And so, yeah, I started thinking about how it would work as an album. Was that hard for you during COVID? 
in terms of what you had mentioned earlier, anxiety or depression or anything like that, did, did that have an emotional impact on you and the world just kind of shutting down? Or did you like kind of like enjoy that experience? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't go out much. So, like, as a lot a lot of people said to me, you were kind of when when the lockdown happened. Mm-hmm. I think one of my friends said, "Oh, you've been preparing for this your whole life." Because <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really. I go out, you know. I'm not Howard Hughes, but I, <laughs> you know, I like I like to stay in and and make music and. But no, I I I found it hard. Obviously, like everyone did. But I think it was, I think the lack of sleep was kind of related to that. I think there was like worries and stuff that, that I think, you know, I I, I had like an insomnia bout. But no, like I, I, I was okay. I think it was just um, like everyone else really. It was just a very uncertain time. And, and the way I dealt with it was kind of escaping with music, so. That's just to get off a little tangent. That's how that started. This whole thing started for me was the Tim Burgess listening parties. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was just kind of locked away. You know, school had shut down. We had to go to zoom like every other school. And then I'd hopped on one of his Twitter parties. It was the cocktail twins one. Mm. And I said, Oh, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Just a little different. So here I am. So thanks to Tim Burgess is what I'm doing. I wanted to talk about, the artwork here so let's start from the outside going in here so tell us a little about the artwork whose design is this was this actually yours so there's a guy that the who does the artwork at mute called paul paul taylor and we discussed kind of this kind of screen printing idea i mean he he came up with the, the idea and it because I think you know the album. If it kind of has a kind of quite a handmade feel to it, and I think it was very much. I think the way it was made as well. You know, I was just on my own, kind of putting it together, and it kind of fit with the the concept. So he came up with a kind of a design, and then me and him went to a screen printing place in London and worked with a, a woman called Anna Alcock. Well, basically, she she gave us like a a morning's screen printing lesson and then me and him attempted to make sense of it and we were literally just making it up as we went along and so there was a there was about like 50 different designs of like and i think that's what was cool was that there were all these kind of happy accidents that were happening that were weren't kind of intended and then we kind of looked back at, at what we done and 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 pick the the best one so yeah it's supposed to have the kind of rough kind of feel to it and it does but then so tell tell us about the blue part here is that significant for anything it was it was really to just have a kind of thing to hang things on yeah there was it was there was an idea to just have a design that that kind of looked cool (laughs) and just i think like when you screen print there's a lot of things that can go wrong so if you've got like a a consistent design like that helps a lot and it's quite yeah comes across that way i suppose 
Do you enjoy that process of album covers, the artwork, the direction of it? Because, I mean, the previous albums, I mean, we have some amazing. Yeah, I, t- I can't take credit for. The, no, like, I mean, uh, I have input, but no, it's always been about the music for me. And then I, I talk with other people about, you know, I, I, I might have ideas, but I'm not. I, I you, you wouldn't want to see what kind of artwork <laughs> I can make um, other than doodles that, that I did for the. I, I hear it. my um, artwork is never displayed no but i do love it though i like i love because i think it's really important to have a visual yeah. have that visual identity as well as the music but i yeah i just spend so long just getting the music right and then so let's let's go into the second layer here let's talk about the music and i think someone posted in the comment box how come no singing <sighs> Did someone? I, th- I thought someone said that. Did, did you see that? No vocals. I didn't see it, but um, yeah. do you want to do you want to answer that or comment on that? So yeah, I mean, I it was really just what I was doing at the time. Like I like I said, there was no there's no kind of big master plan. Like I I was making these tracks initially as a way to kind of just continue making music, and then. I think as well, I'd like, you know, the, the album before was very vocal heavy. It was very, lots of layered harmonies. And I think I, when I, during that lockdown thing, I kind of, I think I kind of went back to like just making music for pure enjoyment. And I, not that I don't enjoy singing, but I, I found myself just enjoying what I was doing with just, I had a, opportunity i suppose to experiment a bit more with sounds and and i got much more into that side of things so yeah by the end of the year i'd kind of realized i'd made an album without singing on it and (laughs) so did you do all the instrumentation you know the keyboards guitar bass all that was that all you yeah it's all me yeah 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 there's yeah and like all the, the the vocals that are on there are kind of manipulated samples and and things like that because i i got more into that side of things i suppose with my first two albums i used samples quite a lot and then i i went away from that but i do enjoy playing with sound and manipulating sounds and i do actually sing on this album as well by the way but it's just very low down and i like the idea of like there's vocals on there that sound like me that that aren't me and there's vocals on there that are me that don't sound like me. And I kind of think that's kind of cool. So I love that. And we're going to talk about a few of the tracks here. But before we do that, Damon says, does Maps plan any collaborations and or soundtracks? Oh, I mean, I, I've, I mean I've, I've done more collaborations the last few years. Like I, well, production, I suppose, I don't know if it's like, well, yeah, it's collaboration in a sense, but I, I produced the Lisa Gerrard and Jewel Maxwell's album, which was really amazing opportunity. And I, I love doing that. And I recently produced a, an album by the, the music guitarist, Adam Nutter, who, and it's a really beautiful kind of instrumental album, sort of like 
don't know, Mark Knopfler meets Vangelis or something like, but like, but like in a really cool kind of way. So that's that's coming out soon. And I'm working on something at the moment, which I unfortunately can't talk about right now. But it, it will be, it will be a good one when it comes out. But soundtracks, I've always been interested in. Just never, never got the call, man. No, I, I, it's just, yeah, something I would love to kind of get into eventually. Yeah. With Jules and Lisa, did you reach out to them? They reached out to you. How does that work? So I knew uh, I'd worked with Jules Maxwell before on some stuff. I can't remember what it was, but we we knew each other, and we were well. We were put in touch by a guy called Daryl Bomonte, who's from a publishing company at the time. It was Schubert Publishing, and yeah, he just talked about this project that it was basically like him and Lisa Gerard had recorded some ideas like because they toured together with Dead Can Dance and they'd recorded some ideas kind of in their downtime and they just wanted someone to work on these kind of, some of them were kind of sketches and some of them like more fully formed. So yeah, my role was to kind of take these ideas and kind of make them into something else. And, And what was great was that they just gave me free reign to just experiment and and just go wherever and yeah did you feel was, a sense of pressure with that i did initially i think i always do like with the first when i send the first one back i mean i obviously i work on stuff until i'm happy with it but it doesn't mean to say that the other person is going to be so i think as soon as i knew that he liked the first track i knew that we were on the same page and then you know that it's gonna kind of work out so but yeah initially because i think you you've just you know you can kind of get get ideas and briefs from people but music is so subjective i think it's like you just have to follow your instincts and 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 get it to a place where you think it's sounding good and then hope that they agree (laughs) amanda says james makes his music sound like a full orchestra Nice compliment there. Oh, uh, she also asked, "Will you work with Polly again?" Maybe, yeah. Like we, we, yeah, we did on Dead Waves 2016. That album came out, and yeah, we never, it never disbanded. We just kind of, I suppose, we just went on a long hiatus, and and I went off and did my album. She's doing her solo albums, and but yeah. She's really, she's a great artist, really like wonderful to work with. She did some nice podcasts, I think, with Katie Meloa. That's right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Those were, um, those were good. And then Amanda says your music is perfect for soundtracks. So, speaking of oh, tracks here, I, I want to throw down some few titles here. Just give us a little feeling on them. So, let's start with Witchy Feel. Was that all? Did you always know that was going to be your first track that you want to come out of the gates with? I think so, yeah, because it just, it, the intro just felt so like the intro to a, the start of an album. I think I, and it was one of the first ones I made as well. Like, like I was saying, I think there's certain tracks when you're working on them, you kind of feel that there's a sense of direction of where the rest could go and i think which you feel definitely had that 
that feeling of kind of oh, okay i can see where where we're going now and yeah i mean i just i wanted the the opening just to kind of sound like a chiming bells and they're kind of slightly out of time like rhythmically and so there's like an almost like a bell ringing idea there so it's almost like a kind of celebratory yeah. hug at the start of the album so it's a great way to launch kick things off through lights this is one of my favorites through lights tell us a little about that so yeah that was like i say i mean i made a lot of this album late at night and that was one of the that i was working on at night and i i think as well i i think with that one like i there was a lot there's a lot of kind of counteracting rhythms going on and i kind of like that idea of having just different kind of syncopated kind of rhythmic stuff happening and the bass line is very offbeat and so yeah it was just playing around and just getting the groove right and it's i think there there's there's a definite late night feel to that yeah. I, I don't know why i think there's the, the vocals the the, the reverby vocal sound and it's kind of like a dulcimer type melody line and it reminded me a bit of kind of Ulrich Schnauzy there's a kind of feel like do you know Ulrich Schnauzy stuff no oh right yeah 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 I got that from that and and other some people have said like Orbital as well which weirdly enough I never really it's quite a lot I kind of I find it fun when people say what they what they hear in the music and when it's you know i don't even think of that kind of thing like if like influence wise but yeah there's there's certain bands i think just seep into your consciousness and they're they're part of your dna whatever you do so and and a little coming up in a little bit we're going to hear from some of these artists and or albums that you really enjoy so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that let's go windows open that that's a what do you think of that one? I like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think D- Yogi commented on that. I or we all did, but Yeah. I think it was that was his favorite because I saw yeah. him recently in London, like we we did a thing, it was a Sonic Cathedral birthday party and he DJ'd. Was that with Andy Bell? It was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think, I think that one was really just finding the right chord progressions with the with the the synth. Because I do find like with, I found with like making an electronic or instrumental type album, and a, with this album, I really wanted to emphasise melody because I felt there was also there's a, there was a lot of kind of electronic stuff that kind of. I suppose came out of the the lockdown period that was quite depressing, just quite sound design, you know, drone type stuff. And I, I suppose this was like, I just wanted to create an album that was joyful and, and I've always loved melody and electronic music. And that, so my aim with this album was just, just even though there weren't vocals on there, the melody kind of became like the, the vocal line in a sense. And so yeah, it's important to me to kind of get that right and not not be lazy about 
what I was creating with the the synth lines and the chord progressions, and they had to maybe feel a certain way. Which, yeah, that's always how I judge things. So, let's go uh, Valentine. Yeah. So this this is probably one of the oldest tracks, and it was yeah, like I I. I came, it's going to sound so sad now, but I came up like with the idea <laughs> on Valentine's Day in 2020 when I was a single man, sad man on his own in lockdown and just making sad music. And that be kind of became the, the vibe with that one. But then since then, I've, I've, she's going to hate me for saying this, but I've, I've found love. A lovely lady. I'm not going to say her now because she'll kill me. But so, and after that, like I worked again on that track and it kind of took on a different form and it, and it was no longer this kind of sad song. It was kind of, there, there's definitely like reflective moments on this album and that's one of them. And it's quite, I feel like when I listen to Valentine, I feel like kind of yearning and there's a definitely melancholy but also there's always hope. Like I just, I want to always have, because I, I find that melancholic music and sad music is often what makes me feel most uplifted. And I think that's kind of what I've always kind of done was it's try and achieve an uplifting feeling, but through maybe like slightly melancholic means, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I could sit here and tell you 50 albums that are just downright depressing and swimming in melancholy. And I feel the light within the darkness. Mm. Yeah. I, I enjoy that experience quite a bit. Everything from Kitchens of Distinction to The Cure to Black Celebration, Depeche Mode, so, so many, so many albums and, and artists. I, I don't mind going into that world. It feels right for me. No, I think it's like it's anything that connects emotionally for me is like that's 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 my only aim really is to create music that connects emotionally with people and if it does with me then I hope that it'll connect with other people as well because that's that's why I began making music it was to to kind of deal with emotion I suppose and like and that there's nothing else I've found on this planet that makes me feel the way music has the power to, to feel in that in that sense yeah except for your new valentine I was just yeah I was just <laughs> gonna say god except for love and <laughs> but yeah, it's all right, right. Like, swaddled in this beautiful blanket for us right I mean, yeah and, yeah yeah and we can access it whenever we want and we can get that feeling and that sentiment and that vibe and as I stated in the comment box, that's to me, see, that's to me why I love your music so much. It imbues so many traits and characteristics that I look for in music and it's all packaged there together. And sometimes it comes firing out of the gates, like what you feel. Sometimes you got to wait for it and, and wait and wait. And then boom, you just drop us and just, and then you put us on the dance floor. It, it just provides so many different episodic moments that I can go, yep, there's a feeling there, there's a vibe here, 
it's it's pretty amazing how you do all that. Oh, whether whether you're conscious of it or not. (laughs) Yeah, that's gonna make me blushing now. (laughs) Let's let's. So we got to talk about the last track here. My love is like. Yeah. So this was because I I I haven't said this at all, but like as I was making this album. Well, actually, like, because I I was kind of starting to tinker with these tracks at the end of 2019. And I would, and I was doing these DJ sets round and about, and I'd, I'd kind of play them out from time to time. And so there's, there was various stages where I'd kind of try playing these tracks in public and just seeing how they went down. And I remember playing this, a version of this. And, the idea was just kind of because I was, I, I always found it hard, find it hard to talk about influences because I never really know what's what's influencing what. But I was listening to kind of more kraut rocky, like harmonia cluster and can and 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 so I think this is kind of my my tip in my hat to that kind of idea and there's very pulsing rhythm to it and it kind of starts the idea was to kind of start and people were just like what the hell is this because it just it's almost like it doesn't really know what it's doing there's just all these little bits and they kind of find their way and then eventually they gel into one thing and then it becomes like a big beast of a euphoric song that was the idea Sometimes these ideas work and sometimes they don't, but that was kind of what I was aiming for. And the Shruti box, which is like a... Oh, do you mind if I just get it? Hold on. This thing. It's like a... It's used in Indian vocal music. It's kind of like a drone box. And I used that at the start of the track just because I wanted to use it. And and I, And it's also kind of got that kind of, you know... 60s trippy psychedelic vibe which i was going for so yeah that was so in in three words how would you sum up counter melodies oh three words love and melody yeah (laughs) it's it's and it's awesome and it's something that I, i it's it's clear to me I don't know if you're like a Stanley Kubrick and you need to get everything right and you do a thousand little takes or not, but if you know you're just a mad scientist in, in behind the curtain there. But I just it just seems to me you put so much effort and time into these the great bodies of work, and this one will certainly stand the test of time with all of your other albums. You don't have to tell us the name of the tracks, but how many tracks didn't? make it onto this album do you know there was about there was about 30 by maybe a few more i mean that they, they weren't all finished they were you know because there was a lot of when you work like that there's just a lot of ideas that just fall by the wayside and then i might come back to them but yeah there were like potential like tracks that could have made it it was probably like 25 30 and i i've i've still there was ones that didn't make it that I was, you know, it was, it was the hard, it was one of the hardest things to choose 
but at the end of the day it's what to me it's what makes the best album and it's kind of all about that flow and the transition between the tracks was important and so yeah i think it was i made the right choices we have some comments here someone says i think the new album was like a dj set and it takes you on a journey absolutely kevin adams says not sure if this has been asked already but any live shows planned would be amazing if there were some shows the band you put together for the last shows was her do you like oh, the album? thanks kevin well at the moment i there's no plans at the moment but i do i would like to do something maybe towards the end of the year i've got an idea because i think the thing is like window with every album i do it's always a bit of a quandary because i kind of they're all quite different and okay. i think this one especially is quite a, a turn from the last so yeah there's about i'm going i'm going to do more djing for now as well but yeah watch this space in time of other appearances Gary says music was one of the first art forms of expression, even before speech, the universal language. Well said, Gary. Yeah. Uh, you really, you really love DJing, don't you? I, yeah, I do. Like, I mean, I, 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 I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like a kind of amazing kind of, you know, have know all the kind of tricks and stuff like that, but I enjoy the, just to picking the tracks and and curating, yeah. But I enjoy kind of playing. I enjoy playing my own stuff as well. Like it just without people knowing, it was just a good way of of trying things out. Like as I, I, I said, it's kind of a bit like a comedian mm-hmm. trying out new jokes. You know, that kind of testing the water. So, yeah. Yogi says, "When when you are when are you going DJ with me in Aberdeen? You can stay at my flat too." <laughs> Thanks, Yogi. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I want to see this techno set. Yeah, no. In terms of your love for other music or albums, would you like to share with us some albums that have really made an impact on you? I would, yeah. And because uh, you said you asked about, so I, 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 I thought hard about it and I kind of thought there's certain albums that, changed the direction of what I was doing like right at the start when I was beginning to make music so I'll stop rambling and go into so the first one it's obviously quite a sad one because it's low secret name so obviously there's you know recent news makes it a sad choice but they're one of my favorite bands and this was probably the first album I heard of theirs and it was around about the time that I was talking about earlier when I was you know not in a good place and I kind of really connected with this album and in and I learned a lot from it kind of in terms of songwriting and and then I went to see them play at Union Chapel around the same time and I think that gig just changed my life it kind of I came out of it as changed person I kind of thought it made me feel such a an emotion and I went home just wanting to make my own music. It sounds like so melodramatic, but that was kind so of what just, happened. Was that 2000? Oh, this was 99, I think. 99. Okay. Yeah. So what is yeah. it about? See that, that band is so astonishing because 
as you know, that band never made it big, mm. but they're so revered, right? Yeah. So many people are drawn to the music. So what is it about the music that you really appreciate? I think I just, I think that there's just a pure, there's a purity to the emotion, I think. I feel like they they say much more with less, especially on this album. It's all about the songwriting and the, the melodies and the harmonies and just the way things are constructed. It just connects with me and I, I, I just feel it. So yeah, there's, there's, it's a, it's just the power to, they have an intensity to them that really comes through. And I think it's partly, well, it's Alan's vocals with Mimi's vocals. I think that, that was, that was it. They just both have such emotive voices and they write such beautiful songs. But yeah, that, that gig at the show at the Union Chapel, I was just blown away. Like, and also I think it, there's always a, for me, there was always almost like a almost like a punk rock feel to the fact that they were so sparse. There was, you know, they they were very. There's just three of them, and it made me go home and feel that I could make music myself with not much because I didn't have a lot of equipment. I didn't have a lot of, you know, I just had a four track cassette recorder. But I think it taught me that the songs are important and you know, if you spend time working on stuff, it doesn't matter like what equipment you have. It's just about the, the passion and emotion that goes into it. I think that was a long answer for whatever question you asked me. (laughs) And we're talking about, Oh, we can have our own conversation about this. Have a low. Yeah. whole different chat. Let's go to the next. So the next one, I mean, some of these might be, I don't know if they're just too, so this is Boards of Canada. Okay. Geo Gaddy. Are you a fan? I'm going to say no. I'm not gonna, no. It's not because I dislike it. It's just I don't want to call myself a fan because it's just something I don't listen to often. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I feel like I have a really awkward conversation then. Yeah, I don't want to be fake about it. So, yeah, they're just, they're just one of those artists that kind of it was around that time as well that I was starting to get into electronic music and, and figuring out that landscape and and the, I chose this album because I mean their first album is a masterpiece like Music Has the Right to Children was an amazing album but this album is much it feels like more raw and dark and just weird like there's just loads of weird like vocal samples and kind of alludes to occult kind of things and and yeah it's like they just create they they create their own world and i think that was kind of what i was drawn to was just music that just takes you somewhere else and and i was always a fan of like the warp label as well i think they there's a lot of bands on there that are just amazing so yeah like balls of canada man they're kind of yeah, well, Yogi agrees with you. He says everyone needs boards of Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scottish too. They are Scottish, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Okay, next one. Oh, shit, sorry. So I'm going to go, like, this is, is Steve Reich, Music for 18 Musicians. I don't know this one. 
Oh man, this is like so. It's it's kind of like a, I guess like it was kind of a neoclassical type piece. It's like nineteen seventy eight. He was kind of from the school of just taking kind of classical music in more of a, I guess like hippie. There's yeah. like hippie influences and hypnotic influences and and it, it's minimalism really was like the school that he came from. But this was this is a an album that I've just definitely in the last ten years I've listened to a lot and it just it's one of those that just takes you it almost hypnotizes you. If you if you have fifty minutes of your time and you sit down and listen to this, it just by the end you're just like you feel changed and it's kind of yeah, it's 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 an amazing piece of work, and yeah, I think definitely like it's been something I've listened to more recently, and and with this new album as well, there was kind of shades of I got more interested in kind of what music does as a the sound of music and how it's it can kind of the perspective can kind of change like on how it's created and and i don't know just the the tricks of sonics and things like that i don't know if i'm making sense but it sounds pretty avant-garde yeah it it is it's kind of but i think of of that period is probably like the most accessible that i know it's kind of very just like a kind of hypnotic pulse that comes in and out like waves and yeah check it out man i think you did it yeah Thank you. Yeah. I'm loving all this. You have a couple more? I do, yeah. I mean, these are less... Uh, I mean, come on. Uh, <laughs> Probably one of my favorite albums of all time. So I had to put it in there. And it's... it's yeah, Loveless has always been... It changed how I thought about sound and, and just how I've just thought about everything, really. And it was kind of... I remember who like one of my friends lent me the vinyl just after it came out or maybe a few years after and I took it home and I put it on my turntable and I thought it was playing at the wrong speed <laughs> and that was just how that was how much of like it was almost like you had to retune your brain to what Kevin Shields was doing yeah so I know it's you know it's often talked about but I think it of good reason I think it's some um, masterpiece did you ever see them live i didn't no my brother did when they think when they reformed i can't remember what it was now when they bought the yeah the other album out it's i heard so the band swans Mm. my bloody valentine ministry oh are like the three loudest (laughs) concerts I've seen Swans, yeah. Swans are on mute. Mute records. Yeah. yeah Pretty yeah. intense. Sorry? Pretty intense band. Oh, man, I, yeah. I was stood at the back and I was like pinned to the wall. It was just <laughs> crazy. I, yeah, I've heard some amazing things about their shows. Do you like going to concerts? Do you enjoy that experience? I do, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, I don't go as often as I would like. Yeah, but I do. I, I, I enjoy kind of going to geeks and concerts can james chapman tell us a concert or two that just shook his world oh man what recently or or anytime anytime i think 
well, there was that low, the low gig that, that changed my life, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I saw Spiritualized at the Royal Albert Hall Ooh. in 97. Oh, man. Was that for ladies and gentlemen? Yes. Oh. Yeah. It was the one that made the CD. You know, the, they put the CD out. Yeah. Yeah. We went to that and that was, yeah, again, it was just like kind of one of those that stays with you. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I've been, I think there's electronic stuff as well. I'm trying to think like, I mean, I, I remember going to a lot of festivals. I mean, I saw the Chemical Brothers a few times and they were, they were pretty insane. But I suppose more recently, I went to see Max Cooper. He was cool. Yeah. I'd... How about Daniel Avery? Are you familiar with Daniel? Oh, Avery? yeah. 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 I love, yeah. I love his stuff. Yeah. I don't think I've actually seen him. No, I haven't seen him play live. I need to, though. Yeah. Him and you know, High as well. He's on mute. H H A A A I. So you spell a name like, yeah, they make kind of really intense techno. Uh, how do you how do you find the time to? I mean, do you have time to listen to albums? Do you? I mean, is it something? Or do people send you stuff and be like, "Hey, James, try this. You know, we want you to do a remix here." I, how do you have time to enjoy music? I do, I do, I do oh. try it. Like, I mean, I listen to a lot of classical music as well. Like, and I think that's kind of to unwind the ears as well. But no, I do. Like, I, I do listen to music. Like, I don't. I, I wish I had. I wish I spent more time sitting down and listening to albums. I tend to kind of listen to tracks, and I think that's kind of in the electronic world. It's things are maybe more about the track and less about the album but so yeah i i try to get away from just listening to playlists constantly because i do care about albums i think they're an important you know entity uh do you have any any other albums to ship oh sorry yeah you might have heard of that one is that what I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like pet sounds. Like, what can you say? I mean, yeah, these are albums that are kind of have stayed with me kind of from the beginning, and I think they've maybe not the Steve Reich, but the others. They definitely changed how I how changed the history of maps at the beginning. I think I started to think about music in a different way and. But yeah, there's not even like it's such a hard question. I think choosing favorite albums. So yeah, these these are kind of ones that over the time have stayed with me because all my albums are quite different as well. So I guess there was music that influenced Colors Reflect Time Lots that wouldn't have influenced Counter Melodies, you know. So yeah. So with with Pet Sounds. It's very interesting how my mind operates while listening to that album, because sometimes the first three, four, five tracks, I just I'll play over and over again and think, mm. how the, where did this all come from? And then 
the next time I listen to it, it's maybe the the last the half of the album. I, I'm just so into. It doesn't matter, I guess. It's just like it's an album that you can hear, in my opinion, over and over and over again, and acquire new sounds, hmm. new feelings, old sounds, old feelings. It just never tires. Mm. Yeah, there, there's just so many layers and so much depth to it, and yeah, it, it's just it's just an out. It's just an album that you can't really, you know, quantify. For me, anyway, how much it's influenced what I do, and kind of thinking about harmonies and melody and just vibe and. Yeah, I get it, and it's a it, there's a, a joyful feel to the album, which and an innocence I think that I've always loved. Yes, absolutely. Any other albums? That was it, man. I thought it was just five. That's no, five. that's fine. Oh, no, 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 no. Hang on, right? Oh, you got one more in, in it's the a bonus. It's a bonus, but I lost the. I've got the original cassette, but <laughs> I lost the cover. <laughs> What is so that? basically, like KLF. Oh my! God. The White Room. You know the KLF. Yeah. So I bought this album when I was. I must have been about twelve years old, and I had no idea. Like I just liked. I liked the strangeness of them. And I liked the. I was drawn to. I was always drawn to melodic music, and I just loved the tunes. And I bought this album, and I think. Yeah, it was my entry into late acid house yeah. that I didn't really know at the time. But yeah, they're just they're an amazing kind of subversive act uh, that kind of made great tunes, but also just made you question what the hell they were doing. Uh, right. <laughs> which I love. Like I think it's yeah. it's cool to just have that mystery and it yeah. in in all of your spare time, if you, Yogi says KLF again about his fans. There's says, a theme. There's a theme here. Yes. Kevin says, love that Andy Bell remix. Oh, Amanda thanks, said, Kevin. You really add your orchestral electronic flourishes and make the tracks even better. Gary says, can't go wrong with a bit of KLF. Yeah. Thanks, so, guys. What, tell us before we wrap this up and we do our giveaway here, what's, what's next for James Chapman here? So this this album, like, well, there's there's some cool remixes to come, which I'm really excited about. Some really cool stuff, and I've I've been working on some different versions of some of the tracks as well. Like that we're gonna put out. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say, but well, premiere, yeah, we're gonna release like some different kind of takes on the the tracks that I've been working on. A bit like you remember, like they used to do like dub mixes. I think I've kind of taken that idea and just kind of more like an extended playing, but yeah, sort of remixes. And then yeah, I'm I'm working on other projects as well, but I'm also thinking about the next record. I'm always thinking about the next record, but yeah, there will be more to come. Like I, I would like to get out there and, and do some stuff, like in a kind of live capacity as well. So don't know. We'll see. Like just stay stay posted and I will and I'll look forward to when you come out to the States, especially San Francisco. 
Man, I, 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 no lie, like it was the, my favorite place I came to. Yeah, yeah, I just loved the vibe, and yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, down Hate Street and all that stuff. It's just, I'd love to come back. But, oh, um, you do! I got to set you up. There's an incredible record store that's all electronics and electronica music and it's just it's this little hole in the ground literally you walk underneath yeah what is this place and it's just pretty astonishing wow hopefully they're still offering because i know covid really wrecked some businesses but but yeah then they have the titans like amoeba records have you've heard of amoeba records yeah i went there i think yeah i went there yeah yeah that's massive, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It, it's it's the Grand Pooba of record stores. Uh, kind of took over Tower Records and just kind of blew up there. So let's talk about this giveaway here. Mm-hmm. This is giveaway. Do you want to announce? Well, it? yeah. Like I mean, just to, as a thank you for this wonderful soiree, I was going to do a a giveaway of the vinyl. And like, ask a question. Okay, competition time. All right, everyone, get your fingers ready to dance. This vinyl is is limited, very limited edition, and you get signed print with it. Very cool. So, it out. so this is what we're going to do, everyone. James is going to ask the question. The first person that he sees on his screen that come up with the right answer. Will be the winner, right? And James, are you recounting spelling or not? Being a teacher, <laughs> as long as you know what they're trying to say, right? Yeah, I, let's, I don't want to discriminate against. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. I just don't know if the question is too hard or. Well, well we'll find out. out. Shall we okay. find out? Okay, so the question is, what was the first single? that was ever released under the map's name first single ever released under the map's name all right everyone go for it amanda mm. says oh god <laughs> come on amanda you can do it she's got the fastest search engine <laughs> no no good try amanda but no oh what if no one gets? No, sorry, Kevin. <laughs> Further back, I could give a clue, or I don't know. The clue is hanging up in your kitchen and you're it is, yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, is Yogi has Yogi chimed in yet? No. <laughs> Fresher. Oh, yes, yes. Damon, Damon, Ray, La, got it. That is wow. Start something. That is it. <laughs> Yogi says, I've got it on seven inches. Forgot. Oh, oh. oh man. Oh, oh well, wow. You duped that out and went at your place, Yogi. <laughs> cool. Oh, so, well done, Eamon. Thank you. So, this is Jay- yours. Yeah. I'll let you handle that with Damon. Well done. Awesome work. Yeah. We'll sort it out. I'll, I'll sign it. I mean, sign on the inside. I'll sign it on the outside, or not. If it's, <laughs> prefer not. To. 
<laughs> Yogi Kevin says, well done, Damon. Yogi says, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> James, this has been an absolute pleasure. I'm so thrilled that I was able to connect with you and thank you Aww. for your time. Thank you for this amazing, amazing piece of work here. Everyone maps counter melodies. As I said in the comment box while listening, get this to your friends, send it as a gift, tell them about it, whatever you need to do, get it out to the world. And I love the fact that I can hear in your voice that you're very proud of this piece of work. This yeah, no, I'm very happy with how people have enjoying it as well. Cause you know, I, I was, I was conscious that it was quite different to the last album. And, you know, I've, I love that, you know, the people that enjoy my music have got on board for the ride and it's great. So, and I just want to say thank you to you as well, like for, for all this and, you know, it's been awesome and everyone for coming. It's just, yeah, it's been a blast. Quite welcome. And by the way, this conversation will be uh, on the high arts on the edge page. It's not going anywhere. So if you ever want to go back, people want to go back and check out the whole thing or different pieces to it. You can, it's funny though, cause I'll get messages from people who go back and fans who go back and watch some of these events. And when we do album listening parties, they go, well, I don't hear anything. I know. Yeah, I was the same. <laughs> but you can still do it, though, couldn't you? Like, if yeah. You, you could do it with the replay. You yeah. could do it in the replay if you wanted to. Yeah. But it's weird, isn't it? Like, I don't hear anything. <laughs> so, yeah, Amanda says, we love you. Yogi says, it's a beautiful journey. As I said earlier, like a DJ set. Well Aww. said, all of you. Thank you for Thank your time, guys. commitment, energy to the music industry. It's been wonderful getting to know your work. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to High Arts on the Edge. We have more events coming down the line in March and in April. So head on over to the Facebook page. You will see what those are. And uh, thanks again, James Chapman of MAPS. And uh, everyone, keep spreading the love of good music. It's always there right at our fingertips on the turntable, computer, wherever it may be. Thank you all. Take care. And... Thank you, James. Bye-bye. Thanks, William. Cheers. Bye-bye.